Hi everybody, welcome to the second episode of this theme series about creating your marketing strategy. On this episode, we are going to talk about how to define your target. So stick around. marketer, Alberto Limpira. Welcome to this second episode where we are going to discuss about the target audience. Thank you for joining. So one of the first steps for defining your target audience, I mean, who are you going to market your product or services, is to follow the SMART rule for goal setting. So you have to think about goals that are specific, measurable, actionable, relevant and time bound as specific so that you can go into detail uh, that and sufficient inf information that you can pinpoint problems or opportunities measurable i mean this is obviously something that is uh, self-explanatory something that you have you can able you can be able to quantify actionable is something that is actual actually some uh, a thing that you can i mean trigger by some other actions relevant because they have to add some sort of value to your whole strategy and time bound. I mean, you have to set up a deadline for everything that you have defined on your marketing strategy. So this is important. Uh, I mean, it's crucial to know uh, your uh, specific and your right target audience uh, because it can help you to uh, specify your activities, your marketing activities, because what you're going to do is that you are going to create and tailor all the actions so that you can be as close as possible to that target audience. It can also help you to streamline your strategy or your marketing plan, because you're going to only focus on the things that are going to get you closer and bring the and grab the attention of that target audience. So, a target audience must be always well-defined. You have to understand, I mean, you can define your target audience by many different ways. You can just um, think about the age, lifestyles, values, demographics, uh, where are they located, and so on, okay? And also, they must be identifiable. So you have to be able to understand where they are, what are they doing, why are they doing the things they do? Because that way you're going to understand a little bit more about the behavior, which is some key information that you can use to uh, develop your buyer persona, which is something that we are going to uh, discuss a little bit later. So it doesn't matter if you are a B2C or a B2B kind of business, you know, business to consumer or business to business, because you are always going to be able to choosing to define your target audience, no matter your services or products. So for a B2C, usually you should focus on how you can add value to the customer and understand how you can affect and impact their lives. Whether with a B2B, you have to also understand who is the prescriber of the purchase. 
we're going to think about one example. If you're a B2C, probably your product or service is going to be purchased by the end user. I mean, by the consumer that is going to actually use your product or service. So let's say that is Netflix. So Netflix memberships or subscriptions are oftentimes, oftentimes uh, purchased by someone that is going to actually use the service. Whether when you are on a B2B business, let's say that you are selling uh, customer relationship management software for companies, someone in the sales department can be the one prescribing the purchase. I mean, suggesting to the internal team that you, they could, I don't know, purchase your product uh, from uh, or purchase a new product that can solve their problems. But he or she is not going to be the one actually making or completing the purchase. So moving forward, I mean, when you have to understand your customer, there are six things that you can uh, do or six steps that you can consider uh, in order to get the consumer inside. So an insight is the hidden truth behind the customer. It doesn't matter if it's a B2B or if, or if it's a B2B, because in the case of B2Bs, what you're going to have is that someone who is oftentimes the one responsible or the one having the problem is going to be the one bringing, I mean, giving you the inside and it's going to uh, take the problem or raise the issue or the problem to the managers or to the decision makers inside the company. So the first step should be that you have to find a trigger, uh, I mean, the moments in the customer journey to focus on them. So you have to understand what and on which or in which points in the customer journey your customer is actually is uh, or is at. And then on the second step, you have to use in-depth research to explore the consumer triggers. So depending on your product, depending on your service, uh, depending on uh, the the stage on the consumer journey where your consumer uh, your customer is, yeah, they can be thinking about different things and there may be different triggers to action the purchase intent. The third step should be to capture all the, the customer hints and identify common themes. That is that if you find a specific route that has been followed by more than one potential customers, probably that is going to be setting a rule that you can use to create like a model to understand the path that some other customers may also follow. The fourth, the fourth step uh, should be uh, to select an insight based on its power and the value to the company. So let's say that you have found a really valuable uh, insight from a potential customer. What you have to do is to actually understand if that insight is adding more information and more data that can help the company to leverage on that to develop either new products or service offerings or to improve the one that they have already been uh, going on. The fifth step should be to make the consumer attention comes to life. I mean, make sure that you have tracked attract the customer to you 
and to make them aware that you exist and that you can be useful for them. And the final step, the sixth step, is you have to go deeper into motivations and emotions. Nowadays, it's uh, ever more frequent for uh, a lot of companies that are focusing on emotions rather than on rationalities, things, um, when they want to attract the customer. That is why, uh, that is because a lot of people are just following what they feel. I mean, we are human after all, right? And companies and brands has uh, understood that this is a easier uh, and a path to the customer mind and it's an easier way to make them loyal. So after you have some uh, insights uh, from from your customer, it's going to be much easier to understand uh, and to set, I mean, to use that information to create your buyer personas. So let's think here about an example. Let's think, let's think about the customer insights for three different uh, car manufacturers, uh, for, for high-end car manufacturers. So we have Mercedes-Benz, Benz, we have BMW, and we have Audi. So all three of them are German car makers um, on the high-end or luxury uh, spectrum of the, of the industry. So depending on the inside of the customer, they are going to be appealing. I mean, each of these companies, each of these brands, they are going to be appealing to a different target, a different segment of users or customers into those uh, targets. So we could argue that probably, I don't know, maybe people more interested in like sport uh, driving and all the stuff should, could go to BMW, whether Mercedes is kind of the gold standard for luxury and comfortability. I mean, this is something that you can argue, but this is just to give you an example of how uh, three companies or three brands that are in the same industry targeting, you may say the same group of people is actually, or they are actually uh, more different uh, depending on the inside of the customer, which is something that I, I remember uh, what I told you is the hidden truth of the customer. So moving forward, when you are going to identify the customer inside, you have to uh, think about the problems that they have, the needs, the concerns, the interest, the emotions linked to the purchase, and the belief and behaviors. All of these things or all of these elements combined, I'm going to repeat that because this is really important. There are six of them. So the first one is a problem that the customer has. The second one is the needs. Third, concerns. Fourth, uh, the interest. Five, the emotions linked to the purchase. And sixth, the beliefs and behaviors. Because those are the elements that are going to help you to shape the form, the way of thinking of your potential customer. And when you are identifying the customer insights, you're going to discover the way the customer perceive and conceive himself or herself. You're going to be looking at the market as the consumer, uh, the consumer, the consumer looks at it and perceives it. You're going to be understanding uh, the psychology of the consumption and if there is any symbolic 
any symbolic role that has for the customer. So in the case of uh, this example that we this example that we were talking about, BMW, Audi, and Mercedes Benz, uh, probably there's something more symbolic to the purchase of one of those uh, products from from each of those brands, rather than just more rational, right? So then you have to be uh, doing some research. Uh, you're going to be observating and listening and exploring the feel. The inside doesn't appear uh, easily. You have to work hard to find it, okay? Uh, oftentimes, you're going to use a lot of intuition as well. And the customer inside has both. It's a mix of truth, intuition, and fantasy. Because at the end of the day, uh, an inside uh, as the hidden truth of a customer could lead to a very deep, deep desire on the customer, okay? So if you think about some other companies, you may have, I don't know, you can have Sephora, Allspice, and Apple. They have total different insights. So in the case of Sephora, you can, you may argue that it has something to do with empowering, feeling power, feeling good with yourself, with all the product offering that they have. Whether with all all spies, what they uh, aim to is for the, I mean, to be, I mean, to give you or to give the customer uh, a more, um, is not self-esteem or self-confidence uh, through the fragrances through, I don't know, empowering or feeling empowered just by the products that you use. And obviously, Apple is always tailoring to empowering people. So you have three different examples of how empowering could be the common ground for these three companies or these three brands, uh, but they are tailored to different segments and in a, in, in a very different way to each of those segments for the target audience, okay? So with all this, what you are going to finally do is to create your buyer persona, customer persona, avatar, you name it as, as you want. Um, these are fictitious representations of your ideal buyer. So there are mixed um, mixed uh, uh, opinions on if you should use a buyer persona. I am one of the ones that defend the use of buyer personas because it can help you to understand and to put yourself in the in the shoes of your potential customer. And when you are moving forward into creating your marketing actions, you're, it's going to be way more easy. It's going to be easier for you to to create uh, actions that are going to be a good fit for each one of them. So they are based on real demographic data of the persons uh, that have your uh, the the buying behavior for your product or service. Um, you can do uh, a fair amount of speculations about the education, the personal stories, the motivations, and some of the concerns. But you should uh, be really close to what you have found during the, the research that you have conducted uh, on a first place. So um, how to create a buyer persona? I mean, if you can use four, four steps for that, the first one could be uh, from your own expectations, uh, start from your own expectations. Then use the segmentation data that you have gathered uh, with the with the research. You can use some surveys 
to read, to gather more information, to understand a little bit more who are, could be interested in your product or services. And then you can uh, do some observations. I mean, who is the people purchasing the product from you or from your competitor? Uh, how do they look, look like? Okay. So after this, uh, you have to um, well, just define uh, the, the, the way to present your buyer persona. You can ask, add as many details as you, as you wish. Uh, for me, the more detailed it is, the more the more powerful it's going to be. So you can have some background information like details about the person's role, key information about their lifestyle, the background, such as the education, hobbies, what do they like, the lifestyle, so forth. Then you can have, I mean, you should add also the demographic data like gender, age range, uh, estimated revenue, if, it, if that's relevant for you. Uh, does it live in an urban area or a rural or, or in, in, I don't know, like in the outside of, of, of main cities or metropolitan uh, areas? Also, you have uh, you can add some objective and personal challenges, especially as marketing is go, moving forward uh, and it's more dependable right now on the values of the customers. That way you're going to see and understand if they care about some specific things uh, so that you can use that to uh, your advantage. This is something that companies like uh, Ben & Jerry's have been doing so far. So, I mean, really good uh, by talking the same language, and, I mean, and sharing content about the same issues that their customers are um, interested in. Okay, so um, then you can also do this for creating the buyer uh, company, which could would be, I mean, instead of just having the, the persona, getting the idea of the ideal, I mean, yeah, uh, to get the picture of the ideal company that would be your uh, customer. And you have to follow the same, the same path. And the only thing is that probably it's going to be easier for you to define the buyer company what is going to be more difficult for a B2B is going to identify who should tar who should you target to. Pro sometimes you don't target the right away the decision makers. You're going to try to find out who can prescribe the purchase, as I mentioned before, because sometimes the prescription, uh, I mean, going through the going through a prescriber is going to be a way of less friction. For, for a new product or service to enter to a company in the B2B business. And after this, the next step, I mean, you have all your target defined. You're going to think about the segmentation and the set and the positioning of the company. And this is what we are going to talk about on the next episode, on the third episode of this theme series. So uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, please let me know if you have questions. If you, I mean, if you don't, if there's anything that you don't quite un get or don't quite understand about these issues, this is one of the things that I teach at uh, the business school. Uh, and I also teach that for my undergrad students. So I'm more than happy to share this knowledge with you and to help you to understand a little bit more. So we're going to be back uh, next week with uh, just the latest news and trends in marketing, business and tech. And two weeks from now, we're going to have the fourth, uh, I mean, the third epi episode of this uh, 
theme series. I have changed the way I record these um, episodes. I'm trying to record it live, record them live as they happen. So if there are more, I don't know, like mistakes or anything going on, uh, please be aware that I'm not, I'm reducing the editing to the bare minimum because of um, reasons of time, because I don't have enough time to do all the editing. Uh, and I still want to deliver the content that I uh, have promised to deliver. So feel free to send me your feedback, send me emails. You can contact me on social media. Uh, please be safe. Take care. Thank you for joining me again. Subscribe, please, if you like this, either on YouTube or your favorite podcast provider. And see you next week. Lempy out. <laughs>